Welcome to the Wilderness Outreach Mancast. My name is John. I'm with Peter today, tonight. And uh, Peter, would you hit that for me a second, brother? Thank you so much. I forgot to put it, put it on. I forgot to put it on. Do not loop, right? But anyway, Mancast is your weekly adventure into the wilds of masculine spirituality, where we will be hunting for the meaning of manhood, tracking down the intersection of faith and science, uncovering true leadership, and searching for the deep meaning of the history of God's created universe. So strap on your hiking boots and your backpack, grab your compass and your map, and let's get rolling. So anyway, let's start with a prayer. What do you think, Peter? Good idea? It's the only way. Start with first things first, right? That's right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you. We just uh, feel so blessed that uh, you are in our lives, and we just ask that you pour your wisdom and your humility into us tonight and just drive and enrich our conversation and lead us in this conversation about uh, habit number four of think win-win. And we ask all this through Christ's name. Amen. So yeah, the work, we're, we're, we're like over halfway through with the habits tonight. This is kind of interesting. And, uh, and this is habit number four, think win-win. And we're we're moving now. It's kind of interesting where we've been in the past uh, three weeks. We've climbed up out of the swamp of dependence. That's an interesting way to look at it, isn't it? Out of the swamp of dependence and uh, and being feeling sorry for ourselves through to becoming proactive, to be to beginning with the end in mind and our thinking, and then putting first things first. And now we've moved into independence. So now we're ready to go to this greater victory, right? This public victory. So we, we've, we've kind of had this private victory of creating an independent mindset and an independent state, one that does not um, make excuses for where we are, but uh, really starts looking for a greater good in our lives. And uh, so tonight we're, we're going to talk about this concept of think win-win, and you've, you've got to go, uh, Covey makes this really uh, uh, a strong statement about this. He says, you've got to go through it in this direction. And uh, kind of like if you, want, if you wanted to shortcut this whole process, you might say, well, I'm just going to jump on an airplane here. And uh, my brother, Peter, by the way, he's jumped out of airplanes before, if you can believe that. And he's parachuted a number of different times. But you can't just like fly over. Uh, dependence and not go through any of that and, and like jump, jump into independence and, and pass that. Cause you really need that base of that, that private victory first. And uh, so we're going to start talking about some of these concepts. And one of them is this idea of what, what's it take to start this idea of thinking win-win anyway? So if you, if you were going to say what think win-win is, Peter, how would you express that just in a general right out of the gate type of question? Well, I think the way I describe it to my kids is like you, uh, you want to be happy and you want you know your sibling to be happy. So what we need to do is we need to figure out how we can all be happy. Right. And, and everybody can win in this situation instead of the uh, plethora of other out- outcomes like win, lose, which is something that Covey talks about, or lose, win, lose, lose, which has been a common one in my life. I've been very selfish at times and chosen that. Um, but yeah. So yeah, think- it's kind of so it's kind of like you know there's 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 these four different options that uh, I guess you're you're starting to talk about this. So we got we we're talking about this idea of win win, and I just want to say hello to our brother down in the Nashville, Tennessee area, Vince Brewster, who's been a good brother and has worked with us out with the the sisters, the Dominican sisters out there on their retreat center. So hello to Vince. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. 
there's win-win, which is kind of like when I first heard of that, I said, what the heck is that, right? But some of these kind of make sense. So win-lose, right? It's kind of like win-lose would be your typical what, sports type game? It's like we're playing against team A is playing against team B, and it's like our goal is to just beat them down, right? Just to win the game, right? And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Rocks, paper, scissors. Pardon? Go ahead. Peter. Rocks, paper, scissors, even, you know? Yeah, right. Win, lose, it's everywhere, yeah. Yeah, so, and and that's part of the, the competitive mindset that men have, and we kind of enjoy that, you know? Uh, that's, that's sort of that that competitive nature of man. Uh, we see that on wilderness outreach a little bit, right? Like when we're, we're like uh, firing down a trail, you know, we're going to head out 10 miles on a trail and cut like 300 trees in a week. And the guys form these teams with the crosscut saws and they're just like as fast as they can go. They're they're cutting the trees off the trail and jumping over and moving out behind the ahead of the next guy, you know, taking track of how many trees they got. So it's kind of that. So there's some good about the win lose, right? Somebody wins and somebody loses and we like that. But I kind of thinking about like if you really if you're kind of person that's like you could say my mentality is lose win. In other words, I always lose and everybody else always wins, you know, sort of that defeatist type attitude. And then there's that one I like to call the nuclear option. You know what I'm talking about there? Yeah, I think going back to real quick to the lose win, it could even be maybe not a defeatist attitude all the time, but an attitude of just like, I don't want to deal with it. So I'm just going to fold. Right. Yeah. And just uh, and not, you know what I mean? Go down that road right now or like kind of like picking and choosing your battles. If, But uh, that's what think when when gets to the heart of is like always being true to that and finding the better outcome. But then the uh, the nuclear one you're talking about is <laughs> you, if you can't have it. I can't either, bud. <laughs> We're both right. going down, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. And that's not in, in, I don't know if I've been there before, but I can imagine it. Right. I can imagine it's like, well, we're both going to, we're both dying on this hill. Right. I've You're been not there. winning. I'm not winning. We're both yeah. going down. So, yeah. So, uh, but there's a, at, at the um, heart of this idea of, of thinking when, when there's this idea of maturity and, uh, experience and maturity uh, adds into this, but Covey talks about this idea of the emotional bank account. So what's, what, what's, what is that? What's the emotional bank account? It's like in a, a bank account for relationships. I, this is the way I think about it. It's like, if I'm in a relationship with anybody, so like we go on a hike and you say something and I just ignore you. To withdraw, it's like okay, all right. <laughs> Pete must be in a bad mood <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? So that didn't add to you. That took away, and that's a withdrawal that I made. And instead of like you know positively responding or uh, responding to whatever you had said on that hike, that I I just ignore it. You know that's a withdrawal. But if I uh, if I respond in a good way, that's a that's a deposit. You know, mm -hmm. so if I if I am adding to you, then I'm making a deposit. Mm -hmm. So anything that is me not adding to you could be considered a withdrawal, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's say you and I uh, have these hikes set up. We're going to meet once a week at 9 a.m. or 7 o'clock in the morning. Sounds more like our style, right? But 7 yeah. a.m. we're going to meet and we're going to do this once a week, right? And so three weeks in a row, I don't show up or I don't show up until like an hour later. <laughs> so I'd be a little that? upset. That's a withdrawal for sure. For sure. I don't know if I'd show up the next week. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, that that would be the lose-lose thing, right? Well, okay, I'm going to teach him a lesson, right? <laughs> I'll see you at seven. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pull that on me once, you know, and I'm, I'm coming back at you, but... So there's these little things like that. And that's kind of like, so keeping, but doing the opposite, right? Keeping the commitment. 
Yeah, that's yeah. a major with uh, a major deposit when you make a commitment and uh, and keep it. And even I think we even have an emotional bank account with ourselves. So like mm. when we make a plan and say, I'm going to do this and make a plan to do it and then follow through with it. That's, you know, that's building that relationship with ourselves. But when we lie to ourselves or fail to make that commitment, it definitely takes away from that, you know, even within ourself. That's a, yeah, that's amazing point of view. I hadn't thought about that. That's, you know, the, the idea. And that's kind of like, uh, yeah, in, in like making a, a promise to ourselves, that I'm going to, I'm going to take responsibility for myself. I'm going to do this project, figure out how to do it. Then I'm going to put a plan together to do it. And then I accomplish it. Right. Yeah. So I've kept that promise with myself and, and it feels good. Right. And it, and it should, because it was a good yeah. thing that happened. And what's interesting there, I just talked about that in terms, that's the first three habits. Right. So we just said, and all of a sudden that's a keeping a commitment to myself to be, a man of integrity say, right? Right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So all those pieces are essential before you can even begin to think when, when like you got to be able to make the plan mm. and then you have to be able to follow through with the plan and you have to do the plan. Yeah. And then, and then there's something else. Let's say that, you know, using this hiking idea again, all of a sudden I call you the night before and say, Peter, I got something, I got a problem tomorrow. I have to take care of it during the hike. So I won't be able to make it right. I'm going to, yeah. I got to. So what's that? What's that is. I'd say is that's that a, a deposit because a deposit, it's yeah. like, it's like, oh man, that, you know what I mean? Like I might not be the greatest thing. Might not be the best news I wanted to hear, but it's better than yeah. waking up at six 30 in the morning, get my boots on. And then, you know, you calling me then like, Hey, I'm not coming. We're right. not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. Or, or I call you and say, look, I know we usually do like a three hour hike together, but on, you know, I've got a com this other commitment that came up and uh, I would like to be able to, to do that. So can you give yeah. me some, and then kind of set that expectation. So that idea of clarifying expectations is that's really huge. Don't you think in terms of relationships? Yeah, yeah. Clarifying expectations and then transparent integrity, for sure. Both very valuable things that I, if I don't see that in a relationship, then I don't, it might be a flaw, but I don't usually pay that relationship much mind if those things mm. aren't in check, you know, on both ends, because that's something that I offer um, yep. or do my very best, you know what I mean? No matter what, because I expect yeah. that, right? Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking about, another another one too there this emotional bank account i used to work for this guy we'll call him the boss right so the boss <laughs> was one of those guys that uh he would tramp on your toes every once in a while right so to speak or he would he would say something no. do something in a way that was offensive and it was not kind right kind of intentionally almost yeah, well, right. It intentionally in a way that you know he's he's not practicing the other habits very well, right? He's not like in control of his of his his emotions, right? Which a lot of people aren't, which we've yeah. done before. We've all done that. Yeah, but he had this habit. Let's not. He's not one of the seven habits, but he had this habit where, uh, like a few hours would go by, and he'd like, "Hi, Peter, how you doing?" So and, and so he he couldn't bring himself to do something else that's a great um, deposit in somebody's bank account, right? So what you're saying is he'd he'd make a withdrawal and then a couple hours later he'd just kind of act like everything was fine, like he didn't do anything, right? Just right. Kind of well, the he, fact, yeah, and yeah, but he could have done people. something else then, right? Yeah. He what could he have done? So what? You know, yeah. So Covey talks about you know just when you make a mistake, just own it. Right. Yeah. And that's like a, a cornerstone of manhood. It's like, Hey, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Right. I screwed this up. How can I make reparation? You know? And Covey also talks about when you do that too many times, then it becomes meaningless. It easily becomes meaningless. It's a dangerous place to be. If you don't, if the person that's apologizing doesn't authentically mean to do better and be better. Yeah. Yep. 
but man, when, when, when you really do mess up and, and you realize it and you're like, man, I messed up. And then you go to the person and say, I am, I apologize. I was at fault. Right. Un, yeah, un, absolutely. Unequivocally. I was at fault. I said the wrong things, did the wrong things. I made the wrong assumptions. I was wrong, man. And I apologize. And would you please forgive me for that? Right. That kind yeah. of apology, huge, huge deposit in someone's bank account, unless you do it like once a week. Right. Yeah. It's like, or even well, more really, often. Cause you know, it's like you have to have this firm purpose of amendment. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. easy to, uh, it's easy for me to, to own mistakes like that and then to fall into being careless afterwards mm. and making the same mistake again. That's where I come short for sure. But then after doing it so many times, you start, I start listening to that voice of fear and like, <laughs> it's like, why are you going to, you just did this dude, like again, you know? <laughs> so it's a, it's a battle in that realm for me, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I saw uh, something uh, quote by uh, St. Jose Marie Escrava. And it was pretty cool. Basically said, sinners, saints, saints are all sinners, right? Or sinners become saints, but it's, it's the act. You got to get up again and move forward, right? In the right way. So you got to get up and so, you know, even if we do it again and again, we got to get up and, and move forward, right? Own it, move forward. And that's, that's really important stuff, Yeah, it's which is part one. of the win-win attitude, right? Yeah. It's, it's hard like, to start yeah. doing though. You know what I mean? If you don't, if you're not used to that, stepping into that discomfort, it's like, I'm not wrong. I'm not going to admit that I was wrong. <laughs> you know, you're wrong. <laughs> well, that's, and it's, it's funny how you say that because that goes right back. Boy, you, you got a problem with habit number one, dude. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's like, yeah, you do. You gotta, you gotta go back to habit number one and re 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 uh, reset it. Right. You're in charge. So, so uh, one, one other thing that, uh, in, in, in the, it's really kind of an interesting story of how you, uh, James and I are all, uh, have come to the seven habits at different times in our lives for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of neat. So for me, it was so, sort of being in a business, in a business setting and trying to figure out how to do business right. And this is even before I became Catholic. Right. And which is kind of interesting. And then, and then James, he, he came into the seven habits uh, I think maybe back to in 2010 and then his uh, engagement with them became one of how of, of explaining how they're anchored in the gospel. Right. And how they, yeah. they show up in the gospel and biblical and biblical uh, in, in the biblical context and then the sacraments. And then with you, it's it's like this personal, a personal thing as well. Right. So it's we. Each yeah. have this, uh, but anyway, when you and I first started hanging together here a few years ago, you started talking about something about Covey. So you brought me back around to it again. And it was this thing called the abundance mentality. Yeah. And it's like, that was so good because we were out hiking and on one of our many hikes we've done together. And then you started talking about the ab abundance mentality. So yeah. Lay that out for I us. Think I can't remember how that came up, but I think it was something to do with a personal relationship of mine where most the uh, counterpart in that relationship was operating out of a fear of loss or mm. a fear of not enough, really. Mm. Um, and I think I'm echoing a little bit, John, turn your speakers. Um, but I think that, uh, I think that's how it came up on that hike. But anyway, when we started talking about that, it just came to fruition that that uh, when we look at the world and our paradigm of the world is that there is enough and that the Father's going to take care of us no matter what. And that we all we have to do is depend on him for that and that our idea of whatever enough is 
one might be wrong and two um might be something that we haven't even thought of it might be the third option i think win-win situation and um yeah that's that's what the abundance mentality is for me is just knowing that i'm taken care of and i think that i was able to start living in that paradigm of an abundance mentality when i got more in depth with my relationship with the father and like started learning about how our relationship with the Holy spirit and everything is more of a relationship and not just a hail Mary full of grace kind of thing. You know, it's like an actual one-on-one encounter. That's when I decided that I was able to trust that I'll be taken care of. And it, it enabled me to like, let go of certain things and to give more, and to uh, receive more too. What about you, John? What do you think about the abundance mentality? Yeah, it's uh, it's well, it's kind of again. This is this idea of I'll use this phrase counterintuitive from say the way we've grown up. You know, so like the that fallen man that's me, that's in me, that's part of my experience, part of me. Uh, likes to think of there's not enough to go around, right? And uh, there's a there's this mentality of scarcity, and as a result, I gotta fight and dig and grab these scarce resources. So it's like so that 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 whole scarcity mentality is is uh, is so prevalent with naturally with us you know i I remember years ago uh listening to this one guy named brian tracy i think and he was saying how it's like we have this negative flywheel of thought that's running around in us all the time and so negative thinking is easy it's natural it's there and it's like in in this this kind of this negative flywheel thought if you're not thinking about what you're thinking about then you don't realize it's there. But once you start to say, wow, hold on a second here. I'm, if you slow your thinking down and say, what have I been thinking about for the past five minutes or 10 minutes? And all of a sudden you realize I've been thinking like a bunch of garbage, right? I mean, negative thoughts. And it's like, that's no good because, you know, one of, one of the laws of the universe is, well, we become what we think about. We end up, we end up. Yeah kind of running this thing out, right? It's like, well, man, I don't want to be that guy or I don't want to be the guy that I'm thinking about in my, in, in, you know, this flywheel of thought that's got hold of me. So there's this whole negative mentality that it's like the, the think win win thing is beyond that. It's like, no, there you have to, it's like, and this is where a lot of, I think faith comes in. Right. So it's like, you hear something like that and there's something in, in you something in us that says you know that's right you know this idea of abundance mentality there's something right and true about it you can feel it but it's like how in the world do i believe that right so it's kind of like making that step with faith and i've I've always kind of thought faith is kind of like jumping over a chasm right and i'm not a good broad jumper so it'd be like you know lord you gotta pick me up and carry me over this chasm so having faith is like is doing that and that's part of that think win win again so you gotta have you just gotta let it go and just kind of like no i know there's something better to be had there's something there's a better way to think and a better way to uh to do things right and it starts with this idea of think win win right of of having this kind of an idea of there's there's enough out there for all of us yeah and there's enough, like if we're in conflict with one another, there's actually this, you're, you're already talking about the third option, right? So is, are there some stories that you can think of, Peter, where you've, you've practiced this win-win situation that uh, you say somebody you were in conflict with, but you started to change your mindset? Yeah, so it definitely didn't begin on free will. Um, <laughs> my good example anyway, but, uh, just real quick to what you were saying, it's a constant, like you have to constantly be present to that too. 
Like you have to always be thinking like, all right, I, because it is in our nature just to be like, all right, what's mine in this situation? <laughs> and let me have it. Um, but I think for my, my example that I want to share is just uh, when my, me and the mother of my children split up and sharing time with the kids was very difficult. Um, it's like, obviously everybody's got to work and there's only so many hours in a week. So it was tough to share. So, um, and it was this like battle almost of like, we were both in the fear of loss for sure. Like, I don't want to get, I don't want to lose time with my kids. She didn't want to lose time with her kids. And, uh, at the end of the day, the only people that were losing were the kids, unfortunately. But, um, so when I, there were some things that were set in place through the courts, um, that helped. And that's why I say it wasn't really a free will thing. <laughs> it was like, nobody was really happy about it. So we went to court and, uh, got some visitation set up and everything. And, John was walking with me. I don't know. You you probably remember through this process. It was very like it was hairy to say the least. <laughs> wasn't wasn't pretty. And I think that recently even like within the last year when my mind sh like mindset shifted from like okay, like I'm in a place now. I'm not losing anything. Not going to lose anything. I could try to give something. You know what I mean? And I started to be more generous and like there's enough for everybody here like god's gonna provide for these kids because at the end of the day that was where that was where my fear was coming from mostly it was like a a loss for them like oh my gosh they're not gonna have a dad you know they're gonna be just more fatherless kids at the end of the day and um when i let that go and i was just like okay you know jesus is gonna take care of them no matter what then started giving more things really started to turn around in that entire relationship. And, uh, it's funny cause it's in a place now that I would never would have imagined. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, I don't really want to get into details, but it, it's a lot different now than it was hmm. for sure. Yeah. So the change in your mindset. Yeah. Towards, yeah, when, a, towards that we can, we can do this and both of us get more out of this in a good way. That was you, that was the key of the change was you taking that action and changing your mindset. And then it yielded a, a much better result. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. When I decided that I wasn't just gonna go against the grain anymore, mm. I was just gonna, you know, it's like not only that, but I started to give more to it as well. Like, okay, is there any way I can help? Is there any, anything that the kids need that I can help out with or, you know, being more reassuring and kind in, uh, in all situations. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, she's, she's had a not easy life by any means. And, uh, I was never making that easier intentionally, mm -hmm. you know? So when I started doing that and started being more, um, I just, just making a contribution in a positive manner. Things mm. really changed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's been times I'm thinking about when I didn't have the, um, the abundance mentality, I wasn't thinking when, when, and usually I, I would say that if you think about every time you've gotten to a fierce argument with someone, right. You're not in the win, win, situation and i'd say it, not initially for sure yeah, yeah not not initially right and and there was uh so um interesting story about that in in wilderness outreach is we had a group of guys that basically signed up for an expedition and uh paid their money and were ready to roll and we we're putting all the plan together and then like just a matter of a few days before this whole thing was going to roll out, they canceled. Mm. And I didn't handle it in a win-win type of mindset. 
because I was angry, right? And it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. There's um, I've told this story a number of times, but I I instead of try of, of set instead of thinking win win, like for instance, my first response could have been okay. The Lord has something different here in mind, right? So don't take this personal. Lord, what is it you have in mind for me, right? What's what's going to be the the grace that's going to flow out of this, right? So that would have been my mindset, but it, it wasn't my mindset. My mindset was was one, I was angry, so I had this emotional thing going on there. And it's like then the other thing I was thinking, okay, you did this, you're to blame, dude. <laughs> Right. And then, yep. and then, and then the other thing that, that, uh, that I was wound up in is this is reflecting poorly on the identity of wilderness outreach, meaning John Bradford. Right. So I was taking it real personal. So what's yeah. interesting about that, there's this, there's this book that I just recently read that I think you'd find really interesting. It's called difficult conversations. And those three things are, so the difficult conversation is 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 kind of like we have difficult conversations and arguments because we're not thinking win-win and we're not having this abundance mentality that wait a minute the lord the lord's got something good and different so maybe this wasn't supposed to happen right and it took me a while to start reflecting on that so when i let's say the leader of this group of guys right he took the full brunt of my anger which wasn't a good thing. And, uh, but when I, when I thought, when I think back on it, it's like, yeah, I didn't handle that right. I should have approached it from a perspective of, okay, Lord, what's going on here. I should have pressed pause and, and just responded in a completely in a win-win type of situation. There's been guys I've worked with, um, in who I've, told that story to, you know, and some, some guys will say, man, you just, he deserved it. You, you did the right thing. Right. But in my heart of hearts, I'm like, no. So what really happened though, the, the, we ended up going to this uh, place in Wyoming and the forest service basically said, Hey, why don't, since you don't have this whole crew with you, why don't you come out here and we want you to hike all these trails out here. So there was like three of us, our leadership team. So we went out there and hiked like 10 to 15 miles a day, cataloging all these trails, which was a phenomenal week. Right. So it ended up being a really good thing. And, but my mind was weak. My, I couldn't think about it properly. And, um, but anyway, but a good experience. Right. So I need to like think, think win, win. Right. Yeah, for sure. So it almost sounds like you're kind of in the same uh scenario as i was you were not thinking when when at the beginning at all and then <laughs> it came to fruition it's yeah. hard it's hard to think of an example of this if this isn't something that you're you know laser focused on all the time like how am i gonna find that third option with this person? yeah like covey talks about he's like i thought you said you were gonna go in for uh go for win-win <laughs> and and the guys like they took us to the cleaners dude there was nothing i could do <laughs> and he said yeah but i thought you said you were gonna go for win-win <laughs> so i guess yeah, me right. and, you and me are just blessed that we uh were able to accept the win-win that the lord gave us in both situations yeah. right yeah my our brother steve ford <laughs> just jumped on there you probably saw his comment that uh, yeah. steve was one of the guys that he knows exactly what i'm talking about right and he was and so steve says was just thinking press pause right so so yeah. it's kind of interesting as we're talking about the uh the seven habits there's these different there's these other different books like above the line by urban meyer uh where he talks about the r factor and one of the R factors is the first one, R meaning response. Something happens. The first R1, the first thing you need to do is press pause. And um, so anyway, Steve kind of brought that book. Uh, Steve, Steve and uh, another brother, Ray Newsom, brought that book into my into my horizon, into my mind, in my life. And it's a great book. And it really feeds right into Covey's 
especially the win-win, right? To slow ourselves down and to, to start thinking. And then what, oh, what's also interesting about R, R2, if you go R1, press pause. Okay, you're angry right now, John. Don't react. Don't react out of anger. Press pause. Breathe, count to 10. You know, actually count, think. And then the R2 is like, get your mind right, which would be part of the, the think win win process, right? So, in other words, okay, Lord, I'm in a situation here. I'm angry. My identity's being attacked. Uh, somebody's to blame for this, all these things going on. What so pray to the Lord, what do you want me to do here, Lord? What's what's the bigger story, right? It's really, it's really about what's the bigger story. It's like, it's not like what's going on, Lord. It's like, Lord, what's the bigger story here that I'm not getting? So that I can understand, right? So it's it's a it's a it's a it's a great um getting into that win-win mentality, the abundance mentality. Oh, thank you, Lord. Something different's gonna happen here, right? And, and kind of rolling with that's so important. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, so that that pretty much covers the abundance mentality. I think there are uh, there are a lot of books that go into that though, and uh, I, I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, the Urban Meyer book. I can't remember the name of it. You just said it. It's the name yeah, above, above the line, above the above line. The line. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Moving into this habit though, I guess, uh, like we were talking about earlier, the prerequisites for this habit are the three, the three habits first. So those are all areas of, uh, personal victories. And then these last three habits that Covey talks about, well, I guess the second three, because the last habit is my favorite. I think we've been over that. But the uh, the next three habits are public victories with uh, interdependence. And the, the first three get us to independence from dependence, like you were talking about earlier, John. Um, so what do you what do you think that uh, some of the keys to because I think it's it's like tangible to get to independence, but easy to fall back into dependence in some senses, you know what I mean? And lose those first three habits. So what are mm -hmm. some of the ways that you've kept those locked in, I guess? Yeah. So that's, I mean, I'm thinking about this as you're talking about, it's kind of shining some uh, light on this process. So the think win win is kind of similar in structure to um, habit number one, which is be responsible, right? But for habit number one, so be responsible is going to be the beginning of the I'm in charge. I got to, I got to turn my life around, do what's right, you know, kind of set in your mindset. And so that, and then that's the beginning of that personal victory. And then then it's like, okay, we got to the part of that private victory. It's like climbing a mountain, right? So we got up on a plateau. We made that. Now it's like the next mountaintop we're heading up is the one of the public victory, right? So the first plateau, the first thing we have to work towards is this attitude of think win-win, right? So in other words, we really, because the goal in this next set of habits is we're going to go to work with people. We're actually going to work with people and we're going to we're going to build things. We're going to put a team together and we're going to think good thoughts and we're going to help each other. Right. And we're going to struggle, but we're going to we're going to struggle well together. So that first thing that's really required on that that first step one to get up to that next plateau of the public victory is the is to anchor that idea of think win win into our brains and bodies and. I think that for me, it's always, how do I do that is I pray for it, right? I pray for it to happen. So, and I, and I think I've, I, I've mentioned this in our previous podcast on the seven habits, but when I first got into the seven habits, 
you know, I've, I've, I work out five, at least five days a week and sometimes up to two hours a day. And a lot of times it's on a treadmill or it's hiking. And so like when I'm doing that, I'm like drilling these things in my head to make them into a habit and praying about it. So part of that drilling it into my head is dear Lord, please allow this habit to let me enter into it. Let it enter into me. And, and in all the good ways that our Lord would want me to grow in it. Right. And to be like that. So this, I think that, that praying about it and then being cognizant uh, of it through the, or the stories we're talking about. So we don't slide back. Right. So, and it is, and it is true that as, as sinful people, we're gonna, we're gonna loop back in, but the, the goal is to keep, even though we're stumbling a little bit, but we're going to climb a little bit higher the next time, right? So the, 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 our, our whole process is going to get more refined as we move and become more mature in life and build more character in our life, right? And really be, and, and then I think reaching into that and just kind of thinking about this is this, in this public victory, like we have brotherhood, we have friendship. So, I mean, I, I'm, I like with Steve Ford and Vince and, and, uh, Michael Pavey and, and, um, Peter Mamoni, I have an investment there with some brothers and I, their opinion and what they think and how they work and everything about them is important to me. Right. So there's a lot of responsibility there. So on both uh, ends. Yeah. Yeah, all the way around. So then all of a sudden that lifts it. This this whole process of moving into this public victory is all of a sudden about we are coming to we're coming to bear with one another to do great work, right? That's what the Lord's wanting us to do. And right. it's, it's, so I think this whole process of of intellectually understanding that and then spiritually praying for it, really asking for more enlightenment greater understanding on a spiritual level and then allows us to then say physically then bring it to fruition you know to work together i and i see that in our you know it's kind of interesting to see some of these things we've done in the wilderness building trails together and in that whole process so I, I I'm thinking about that, you know, on the, on the encampment river trail, we did that, that reroute. Yeah. So down in that, that deep Canyon, right. And the trail kept getting washed away. So as we looked at that, the forest service wanted us to figure out somehow to get that trail up off of the river bank. So it wouldn't get washed out every spring when the snows melted. Yeah. And they and, opened up the dam. Right. And then it was kind of interesting process of the, of the habits then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, we had to use all of them almost. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, yeah. uh, I mean, I remember, I remember going down in there. I think it was like, we get down in there. And we find that section and it was like pretty brutal. It was pretty bad. But then when we started looking around, um, I remember finding some flags up there where somebody had already paced out the trail where it should have been rerouted. And we ended up going that route similar to it anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, that it took some planning for sure. And uh, we we began on it and then ended uh ended up the next expedition you guys came back with the sims and finished it up but where were you going with that john yeah i was <laughs> just thinking about the whole process of like uh you know when we started thinking about what can we do with this trail we we're looking at the lay of the land uh you know we'd already so in a sense we we're already saying we're responsible to get this trail into a better location right so then we started thinking well how are we going to do this first things first started thinking at the end in mind how are we going to get this up over here and we started looking at what was the logical direction for that reroute to take place 
which was pretty amazing. So we started walking. So we picked a place on a trail and said, looks like we can come up right here and get up off the trail. We ended up, what, probably 100 feet above the trail and uh, maybe not that far, but 50 to 100 feet above the trail. And then we go, we start walking it and said, well, this almost looks like a natural trail bed up here. And then we find some old flags that were up there. So somebody probably in the Forest Service had thought about that same location and through the through using our logic and our understanding, we got up in there and then we released 17 guys with pickmatics and shovels and, and got to work. Right. So here we are moving in to say that, that public victory. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. And, and, yeah, and then we were, yeah, 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 we were able to, uh, provide something that wasn't that wasn't there before we were actually it was very gratifying there was a lot of people that came through and thanked us for that the whole way through yeah yeah and it's and it's kind of in that uh in that process i was thinking about this uh you know the wilderness outreach expedition is like a laboratory of manhood and it's it's like a laboratory of the seven habits at the same time so there's situations where we'll come like on this past expedition up and out on the John Muir trail, we were putting on, trying to put this rock in this location for a step. We're trying to put another step in. And as I looked at it, I had to stamp, stand back. And uh, I didn't believe that we should put the rock in there. That wasn't a good place to put the rock. And so I started discussing that with the guys who were trying to get the rock in and I wasn't convinced, but I was open, right? I was open to the idea. And so one of the fellows that was working with us, he persisted and kept saying, well, I think we can get it in. I'd say, no, no, I don't think we can do that. And then finally he argues me to the point where I'm saying, you know what? I think you're right. I think we can do it. So what was kind of cool about that is that there's this, it's the laboratory of manhood where men learn how to argue together, to talk, to, 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 to think win-win, to keep that option open of win-win. Maybe you do have a better idea than me, but you're going to have to prove it to me, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's a, it's a really good, uh, good experience. So when you think about think win-win, Peter, is there, can you think of some biblical tie-ins to this idea the one that comes to my mind is when um i think king solomon's getting ready to cut that baby in half and and uh, though he's like you know seeking the truth i don't know why that came to my mind but uh just um like He's got this situation, obviously, where there's these two women and they're like, this is my kid. And he has no idea whose kid it is. So he's like, well, I'll just cut it in half and give them both one. And, you know, in his wisdom, knowing that that'll reveal the true mother to him and uh, that then the child and the mother would win in that situation. And he would. And it's kind of a win lose because the one lady, it's a big loss for her. But, uh, but yeah, what about you, John? I don't know. I, I had a difficult time thinking about any other biblical. Yeah, I, but, this. but it is it, it, it is interesting. The uh, but, you know, what's profound about that story is that the real mother was willing to give the child up so that it wouldn't die. Right. Right. And that's pretty remarkable. So she was for the greater win. So it, it was a good example, maybe, of one woman thinking, well, it's lose, lose, right. I'm or whatever it's win, lose for me, or it's lose, lose for both of us. And she was happy with that. But the real mother was like, no, the only win here is the child lives regardless. Right. The win is the child. And so that's like the greater good, you know, the, the, the greater, uh, win, win there. So that, yeah, that's, I, I like that actually. That's, um, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, 
I was thinking about uh, another situation in in the Bible. I think it was it's in uh, Genesis, and uh, when Abraham is taking Sarah, and they're coming across this King Ambe- uh, uh, Abimelech's kingdom. Uh, King Abimelech sees Sarah, Abraham's wife, and he's enamored with her. She's beautiful, right? Oh, yeah. So Abraham, out of fear and not thinking about the abundance mentality or what's right and what's wrong or anything else, ends up telling the king, well, she's my sister, right? So he lies out of fear. He lies and he doesn't tell the truth. And so the king's like, well, wow, great. I'll take her then. And so anyway, then then somewhere in that story, uh, I think Sarah tells the king, I'm his wife. And he and then he chastises. So the good stuff is he just chastises Abraham. Why didn't you tell me? You know, why, why didn't you just tell yeah. me that she's your wife? You know, so here the king actually ends up being much better, right? Than he's a man. Right. So out of his fear, he's thinking the king's going to kill me and take my wife. So, so he's thinking all these bad things. So he's not thinking out of this abundance mentality. And, uh, and, and had he done that, so there's a situation where a biblical story is kind of showing us the opposite, right? But nonetheless, because there's, the Lord was in charge of all that. It worked out okay, right? He gets Sarah back, and the king is actually a really good king, and he lets them move on. Didn't he end up doing that twice? Didn't Abraham do that twice? Well, <laughs> there is there was a situation <laughs> with uh, with um, shoot, what's her name? So they weren't having children. And I'm I can't I'm trying to think of her name, but his so his wife Sarah ends up suggesting that he takes on another woman so he can have children, and he should not have done that, and she should not have. So there was a there was almost like a the Garden of Eden story all over again, right there. Uh, Hagar was her name, and uh, so they end up having relations, and of course that doesn't work out well, and then. Uh, uh, but yeah, something again, uh, you know, they just didn't do the right thing there. Either one of them. And Abraham should have known better, just like Adam in the garden. Right. It's, ultimately, it's his fault. So, you know, yeah, I wonder what uh, what stories Jim has tied into this, because he did a bunch of work on. We should have asked him. Yeah, we should have. But uh, that was a should have. Right. So we, we weren't <laughs> beginning with the end in mind, John. <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyway uh it's been a it's been a pretty good program here i'm thinking uh i've got a couple other things here oh i think in general if we look at the sacrament of marriage marriage is is difficult and the best way to go through the difficulty of of marriage and and being with someone being in the sacrament of marriage is to have this abundance mentality. And Mm. so that even, you know, it's like, there's times it's just like, she's wrong and I'm right. Right. And it's like, well, maybe it's not that simple and maybe there's something better to be had here by you pressing pause, sitting back and thinking and imagining what, what the Lord what more the Lord could want out of something, right? So in the sacrament of, of marriage, there's lots of opportunities to practice the abundance mentality. Um, I think also in, if we look at uh, confession, again, it stinks, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not hey, the best Father, all the time. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And it's like, and you don't want to go back to confession again because you feel like an idiot, and but you know that well the lord's got something great for you and you need to get into confession and empty your open your heart out and empty it out and so the lord can heal you and you can move on and and you know proceed proceed onward with becoming the man that he wants you to become 
So again, that would be the abundance mentality and the thinking win-win. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, when we were on that expedition last year, we hiked up and summited Medicine Bow Peak and there was this couple up there on their, mm -hmm. like, I can't remember, like 50th wedding anniversary or something. Mm. And um, they were up there talking about and i asked him i was like we were just talking i just ran into him so i started chatting with him a little you know how i do it with just talking to everybody i'm bad bad about it but um so i'm up there talking to these people and i was like well what's the key to being married for so long and being happy like you guys obviously seem like you're doing okay you're not like you know not liking each other you obviously figured something out and they told me both of them said in a different way that the key to marriage that lasts is self-gift in, mm. in some sort of way. But, you know, self-gift isn't really possible without the abundance mentality. Like it's something you're going to miss if you like you're never going to be able to give yourself away or give to other people if uh, all you're thinking about is losing or not not having enough or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for is. sure. But it, and that's, there it is, right? The self gift. It's like the, the goal in life is we to gotta fix from, those two blocks. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the way it's <laughs> popping up here, but self-awareness, yeah. self-possession, self gift. It's uh, uh, but it's, it's kind of, it's, there it is again, you know, you know, you're getting close to the right stuff when it seems counterintuitive, but the goal yeah. in our lives is to be that self gift. Yeah. So for everybody that's just going to be listening to this, John just pulled up a slide of the uh, roadmap to manhood, really to total self gift and not just manhood, but being a fully alive human, you know, this is everybody's roadmap. So it's got an arrow and three blocks at the first block. There's self-awareness, which is the first step. And the second step in this journey is self-possession and the, that leads us to the final self-gift which is the mission of wilderness outreach overall in general is to get men to complete and total self-gift because we're the leaders right yep that's the and that's you know and unless that a grain of wheat falls on the ground and is broken open you know nothing good happens and that's that's our goal is to be that self gift. So um, it reminds me of one other thing, like in Matthew, he says, but first seek the kingdom of God and then all things will be given unto you. And you'll become, you can become first seek that kingdom of God, which is seeking that greater good of the win-win situation. And then, uh, and then, your your quest to be that best man that you can be to be by becoming that self gift will come true, and that's mm. that's that's where we're heading. That's where we're heading. So, uh, kind of wrapping up here, um, thinking. So we got the Father Son Discernment Weekend coming up here in Tar Hollow State Forest this coming weekend with Father William Hahn and Wilderness Outreach. Um, if you're sitting here watching us on YouTube or uh, especially YouTube, but there's some of these other channels that are popping up in that Peter knows better than I, but please hit the like button and the subscribe button and say hi to us. Next week, we'll be back here again. Our brother James Hahn will be with us and we'll be jumping into, let's see, think when, when, Seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. Hmm. That's a good one, isn't it? So yeah, keep, I like that. Press one. pause, close your mouth, and open your ears, man. It's like it's time to listen. So there we go. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, shall we end with a prayer, my brother? I think that's a great idea, John. All righty. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty and eternal God, in Christ your Son, you have shown your glory to the world. Guide the work of your church. 
Help it to proclaim your name, to persevere in faith, and to bring your salvation to the people everywhere. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, one God forever and ever. Amen. See you good people next week.